into the and and that is a completely wrong view I'm sorry you know what Mises and the uh, Austrian uh, the American Austrians advocate that that the wholesaler extends alone to the retailer completely wrong and of course they go further on because there is the nth order good and the n plus first order good and the producer of the n plus first order good and the nth order good are in a certain relationship so question I'm asking everybody who is the boss the n plus first order uh, producer or the nth order producer n uh, yeah but according to the uh, American uh, since the other way around because it's the n plus first order producer who extends alone to the end when he builds the nth order producer with a 90-day uh, paper you see yeah, complete opposite to the, the, the reality of the situation yes yeah. and it's but, but it's the uh, I agree 100% but it's it's also the, that uh, confusion uh, placing the um, uh, the order of importance or the power uh, uh, at the wrong place is is what's uh, is what's manifesting today in, in, in the non gold standard world, isn't it? Mm. Well, who is issuing the money? The government. Right. So who are all these producers serving? Yes. Not the consumer, not you, not me. That's right. It's the government. That's right. They want to please the government or the banks or whatever. Certainly not you because you have been deprived of your gold coin which gave you the teeth, the golden teeth with which you can bite and punish them if they misbehave, the banks, and punish the government because it's not the paper ballot every fourth year you cast which is important but it's the gold coin which you spend every day of the year or decide not to spend that bites and that gives the golden teeth to not just time preference but also what to produce and how much to produce so the present picture is completely cockeyed it's completely distorted by the fact that the government is the ultimate issuer of but the point that I was making was that it, it couldn't that be as a result of false theories exactly you know like, mm -hmm. like Mises mistake would have contributed uh, to that well, uh, of course, it was all well meant. I, I mean, I don't question. Well meant, but then, you know, it's like, um, what's the saying? You know, even a dictionary is a dangerous thing in the hands of a fool. You know? <laughs> so, um, 
he can throw it. So, so that theory became a dangerous thing in the hands of you know the, the powerful and the ones. Yeah, you you have to be very very careful. And even when you feel very confident, you should hedge that maybe wrong, or further research may reveal something else. You've got to be very careful. Uh, Sandy, getting back to the specific of this, when I made my presentation, I tried to make this very clear, and I took the word financing out and put in the word funding, which is more broad terms, because financing implies money. So if, if somebody would go out, borrow money, and then buy the gasoline, it's being financed through the bond market. But the, the gasoline gets there first, there's no financing, and then money comes in. So there's a credit extended, and the debt reflects financing, and the credit in its broader term is funding. So, no, the uh, wholesaler is not financing anything. He's not putting on any money, he's putting on some product. That's not money. I'm sorry? It is, giving, it is giving credit to everything. Credit, yes, sure. I think yeah. so. Okay, I mean, I don't, I don't really see, from the point of view of a business, I don't really see a difference. But, in any case, um, Let's say there is this bill from the uh, retailer again. I mean, mm. uh, the wholesalers uh, bill to the retailer. Mm. Um, when you say enter circulation, when or why? I mean, does the retailer sell this uh, bill, mm. or the or the wholesaler? The wholesaler, sorry, sells the bill. So why does that bill and why could that bill into enter into circulation? Uh -huh. So, so yeah. what's the Rudy. step? That, okay. First of all, I run a business for many years. It makes a huge difference because I'm either paying a higher rate of interest or getting funded through the bill market, which is much more efficient and lower. And if you look at the wholesaler, has a set of accounts receivable, which is the set of outstanding bills, right? You understand what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. The wholesaler doesn't just sell gasoline to this gas station, but to this one and that one and that one, three of them. Mm -hmm. And he's got bills from all of those, and it piles up like this. Now, what does he do with this? He waits until they mature and they're paid off, or he goes to the bank and borrows against it, which the bank will charge a higher rate of interest or, uh, and, and only give collateral to part of it, mm -hmm. or he goes to a factory and sells them, and he's not going to get very much value. So it makes a big difference to the business. Huge okay, difference. Okay, no, I understand it's a difference to the business, but if it enters the, if it circulates in the market, somebody has paid cash for it. So there's been a transfer of funds. No, no, no they have not paid cash for it. They only pay cash for it when it's paid off. When it matures, what the guy who signs it is committed to pay it when it comes to maturity. And the other people don't pay cash, that's the whole point. They circulate the bills, in anticipation of the cash coming on maturity date. Imagine you want to buy from me a television, you can pay me with a video. Mm -hmm. so, but you've given me a good exchange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the market, who gets these bills? People, I mean, does the wholesaler buy? Uh, what is what the does role he buy? Of the, of the bill maker or the bill trader? What is it? What is it? The, uh, the house. He gets his discount house. Things paid. There's a discount house. So, what does the discount house give the wholesaler? That's the question. Well, it will give something that uh, it's prepared to give for it. Oh. Based on what it expects to, to get out of the, uh, 
they the just buys the bill that keeps it to maturity. Yeah, so he buys it. Yeah, he's money for it. Discounts. 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 Discounts it. He could trade other bills for it. Money for it. Yeah. yeah. That, that would be the discount, the discount house. But, but the, yes, bill, the bill can circulate without entering into the discount house. Okay, I understand that too. But so when it enters the discount house, there's money transferred at a discount. Not necessarily. It could be other bills. Mm. You have to understand there's wholesale circulation, vertical and horizontal. And people trade bills for other reasons, for maturity matching, for whatever products come, come into the, the market at a better year. For example, uh, a fuel supplier, coal or oil, will have inventory during that season when he's selling his stuff, the winter season. Conversely, somebody who sells ice cream will have inventory in the summer. So rather than shutting down their business, they exchange inventory for bills and then bills for inventory. So these things are, they permeate the market. And the discount house plays a role I, I want to of, of holding and trading these bills, either for cash or for other bills with different maturities. They're not an arbitrage situation. Rudy? Yes, sir. I think the professor has a word to say on Diego's uh, question. Um, yeah, there was a lecture in among these 20, and uh, I'm not sure who gave that lecture. The title was Spontaneity of Real Bill Circulation. You did, and that was yesterday. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so sorry I missed that, because I would have said these things yesterday if I was here. The point is this, and, and that's in answer to Diego's question, uh, or at least partial answer, is that the demand for real bills is practically unlimited. Because it's not only the other producers, and not only banks, but also completely complete outsiders from the market who demand that. And I would like to mention two examples <coughs> without limiting this, because there are lots and lots of other examples as well. One example is when the, uh, the the father, say, wants to buy a house for his family. Okay. He was renting, now he wants to buy a house. Now, uh, even if you assume that the down payment is very low, it's a problem for the father who presumably lives on wages or salary to come up with the down payment. But sometimes he would like to pay the whole price for the house. So he faces the problem of accumulating cash to pay for the house or pay the down payment. Okay? How to do that? He's not going to accumulate gold coins and sit on them like the uh, hen sits on the uh, eggs to hatch them. <laughs> He's going to accumulate real bills because this is the safest he's not going to accumulate bonds or stocks because the market is very volatile for them but the bill market answers his needs if he is accumulating money 
for the down payment or the full price of the house, he is doing the, absolutely the best what he can do for the purpose. He is getting the cash ready to buy the house on the one hand, but he earns a safe return on his funds in the meantime. So that's one example where uh, there is extra demand outside of the trading and production and distribution of goods. This is outside, you see, but the demand is there for real builds. And I'm, of course, always assuming that these are good real builds with three good signatures and uh, no dark spots in the uh, back history of those three who signed the bill, because the bill market will strike out the name if anybody ever caught, if anybody's ever caught in a fraud in the bill market, forging a bill, misrepresenting the quality and quantity of goods which are described, then not only he will be excluded from bill trading, but his sons and, and um, the sons of sons, they will be for the seventh generation, <laughs> almost, will be ex excluded from the privilege of signing a bill. And that's how it was. Believe it or not, you, it's stronger than the court system. The court system does go to the seventh generation, but the memory of those who participate in the bill market will not forget and will not forget. So all right, that's one example I give you when you want to buy a house. You have to accumulate cash to pay. And that's the ideal, that's the optimal way of doing it. Go to the bill market, and, and you know, it might take a year, so in other words, bills expire. But okay, then you buy another, and then buy another, maybe, as many times as necessary, but in the end, you come up with the purchase price. The second example I'm going to give you is even more important. And as I say, this is not the end of the list, because you can think of many others. But this is a very important example. Think of yourself as somebody who has issued a bond. You are running an enterprise, manufacturing something important, which is in good consumer demand. Could be a car factory, or it could be a computer factory, or a uh, airplane factory, whatever, doesn't matter, but you had to finance it and for that purpose you issued a bond, let's say a 10-year bond, for the sake of argument. Alright, then time comes when the bond matures. 
Now you cannot sit back and say, oh, so what? I'm going to issue another bomb with the same or larger total value. Well, the worst offender is the government. But let's assume that it's a good solid factory with a good solid product which is in general demand. If you are running that, if you are CEO of that factory, you cannot take the attitude that I don't care that my bond matures because I'm going to issue another one anyhow. You can't do that. You've got to accumulate cash because you don't, don't know that on the day of maturity how many people will turn up and say, I want cash. I don't want another bond. You, there's no way to predict that. So you are going to accumulate cash. I'm not saying that perhaps 100% of the whole issue, but certainly a reasonable percent, maybe 50 or 40%. I, I'm not entering that discussion. I'm just saying that you've got to accumulate cash because the day of maturity of your outstanding bond is approaching and you've got to have the cash because some people will want the cash, meaning gold coins. These are all gold bonds I'm talking about. So what to do? Think of it that you are the CEO and you want to prepare properly without any you know, uh, hanky-panky. You are doing your job, you want to be ready for the day on which this bond matures. Well, think about it and you will come to the answer that you've got to accumulate real bills, which have nothing to do with your job as a manufacturer. It just, you have a diversified portfolio and it may take you several years to come up with a, a, a satisfactory, healthy pile of cash with which you are going to meet your obligation. And there is, there is no way to improve on that, that you are accumulating cash in the form of real bills, because it gives you the cash which you will, well, of course, you make sure that these bills mature roughly at the same time when you have to repay the bond. But that's a technicality. The important thing is that you are earning a return. And this is the best earning asset next to gold, the real bill, which matures into gold. So that's another huge demand for real bills. And there are many others, such as that when one bank is running low on cash gold, on gold coins, the gold coins accumulate somewhere else, in another bank, maybe halfway around the world. But it's all hanging together. So, in other words, when uh, you are squeezed as a banker. You don't worry if you have a good portfolio of real bills. 
and you are not diluting it with that. Putting in some bonds somewhere in the pile that people won't see because they, those are no good for that purpose. You are backing up demand deposits. These are depositors who can withdraw their funds on short notice or on demand. Not just short notice, on demand. They think of their deposits as cash which they can spend. So if you back them up with government bonds, that's rotten. This is not going to work. If there is any extra demand, you won't be able to meet it. Because if you try to sell your uh, reserves on the bond market, this is going to depress the price, which means interest rates shoot up, and the government will send its agents to you to discourage you from liquidating the government bonds in the bond market. You see? So uh, the best thing you can do as a banker to back up these demand deposits is using uh, real bills. And that's not fractional reserve banking. You, you, you just have to make a sharp distinction between fractional reserve banking as the word is being used today is a bad thing, automatically. Or you say that I am, say, 60% or more gold, 40% or less real bills. When these are real bills maturing daily, on a daily basis, roughly one-ninetieth of the outstanding real bills will mature. And if your real bills happen to be a bit further away from maturity, there's no problem because the gold coin is accumulating in some other bank. So you just go to the bill market and sell your bill and you don't face the situation that you have to take a huge loss as if you are selling a bond. So you see there are lots of other sources of demand for real bills, lots of them, more than we can discuss it here. And that means that really the bills are the best, the next best thing to go and in, in a sense, they are the very best because they have a return. The discount is going to give you a return. So I just wanted to add these thoughts. I don't know how much you had a chance to discuss this yesterday, but there is a spontaneous bill circulation because bills are in very great demand. Well, we started out with the vertical uh, chain from the uh, uh, cotton dealer to the uh, uh, tailor who delivers the suit to the customer and then we talked about the oil producer to the petrol uh, pump home operator and th there are lots of others from the wheat farmer to the baker who is selling bread directly to the consumer 
But, of course, we all know there is going to be vertical. And then later on, we discover that there's also a horizontal bill circulation. Because uh, the baker very often uh, finds that uh, he can use the bills of the tailor. Or the uh, petrol pump operator. So there will be horizontal. But in addition to that, there is a completely outside source of demand, which I, I was trying to illustrate here. So the demand, I know it's an exaggeration, but not such a bad one when I say that the demand for the real bills is virtually unlimited. Diego, does that answer your question? Um, well, I guess in the end, the question is when you when somebody buys these real bills, like the examples that were just given, I I still don't manage to see the difference in that case between that and a loan. Do you imagine that a shipload of iPods and I mean, you are the manufacturer of iPods and you send it halfway around the world. Yes. I mean, if I am Apple and I send that, do I need a loan? When the consumer demand is there, yes. those consumers are eagerly waiting for the iPods to arrive. And this is this is what is meant by No, but Apple doesn't need it. But maybe the store where the iPods will be received does. Apple's because store. you see the loan will not be acquired by Apple. It will be received okay. acquired by the retailer. Bad example, um, Italian ladies' shoes. Lach me. <laughs> DKNY or um, whatever, um, you know, they'll be sold out in three and a half hours. <laughs> if that. Do you think that the shipper of that whole train load of shoes needs a loan? Well, it's it's mean, difficult to imagine. It's the question, what, I'm not sure what the question is. For instance, if you're in international commerce, your shipper will never send you the goods when you have, unless you have a standing letter of credit. Oh yes, that is true. So, I mean, the goods will be paid. Well, that is the word, credit. If you don't have credit, that's not it's going a, to happen. A standing letter of credit, I mean, it's paid by the retailer or the okay. guy who is importing. You know? Wait, wait, wait. Your letter of credit, as it is used now, is what effectively. Can I adjust this, please? <laughs> I, I have to. Turns it into a loan. You have to define what is a loan. It's just a word. But loan means borrowing something and then paying it back. Right? That's what a loan is, if I read the dictionary. Now, I'm in the business of selling machinery. I don't loan it to the customer, I sell it to him, and then money comes back. So he's not going to send me back that machine. You see what I'm saying? This, when, when uh, Apple or whatever sends the iPods to the customer, he's not loaning it, uh, I'm sorry, to the retailer, he's not loaning it. He's giving it to them on the condition that it will be paid. They don't want those Apple iPods back. They're not lending them out. 
But so you see, so the so the, the store, the retailer isn't borrowing them. He's taking them on. The professor uses the word on consignment. If I want to sell a machine, and I don't know that my guy out there can pay me in 30 days or 60 days or even 90 days, but I need to sell this machine, I put it out on consignment, which means I wait indefinitely to get paid because my purpose is to get paid for that machine, not loaning it, not renting it, not leasing it, not borrowing it. Okay, all these examples have one thing in common, and it's they are earning assets, right? Not until they're put to use. That iPod is not an earning asset, it's a consumer good. Well, if, if it's a cabbage, a cabbage is not a real bill issued or drawn on those iPods that have been turned into that, to that retailer, if those iPods become an earning asset, well, from, you, from you, what Professor Fekete was just describing, I mean, real bills are earning assets. Oh, yes, it's a real bill, of course. The real bill itself is an earning asset. Exactly. But there's but, no debt, there's no borrowing, there's no collateral. There's yes, no but so they are all earning assets. So Fine. They're, so they're all earning assets, and they earn, in, in, in a sense, a return. So my, in the, in the bottom is, in, or the underlying question I'm trying to ask is, uh, yes, they are different kinds of legal structures, but uh, they reflect a very similar kind of uh, situation. So I can see when a real bill is not sold, that it's not credit, I mean it's not debt, it's just credit, and it's very different, but I, I do not see it yet, at least, when money is, bought, is given to buy that bill. So well, that's what, what helps me uh, see, see the, the lack of um, financing, per se, and there being nevertheless a return, is if you, you, you refer to, uh, you know, in today's world where the poor ship sails away, you know, you've got your letter of credit, and payment is made before the ship sails, actually. Um, and not when the goods arrive at the end and, um, and, and they're sold. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, uh, so therefore, um, interest is incurred by uh, whoever had to request the bank or whoever did pay the bill early. Um, and therefore, it's a loan. It's, it's, it's credit also, but there's a cost to it. That, because it's paid at the beginning, it's not paid at the end. Mm -hmm. That's the difference with the way I look at it with real bills. Real bills, there's there's um, uh, there's no intermediate bank here that comes in and puts the money up front and you owe them back that money with interest. But it's done through mutual respect and trust, and because of the names on that are on the bill, you know they've been in business for generations or whatever the reason is. It's as good as money. I don't need to be paid now. So this bill signed is considered to be almost as good as what it will be in 90 days. But if you don't want to hold on to it for the 90 days and you want to go and use it as money, well, it's going to be at a discounted value of what it's going to be worth when the payment is made. So for me, the difference, the way I look at it, is the difference between commercial paper or transactions now is that money is, is, is lent at the time that the ship sails. And whereas with real bills, it wasn't necessary. 
Uh, yeah, I think it's a wonderful example. We, and what happens? Is that, is that uh, close to? Am I right or wrong? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think it's great because what you're doing is you're borrowing from a bank that gives you this letter of credit, and you're invading the savings if there are savings. Of course, today there are no savings. This is all artificial. But under gold, there had to be accumulated enough gold somewhere as savings to then, you know, do that transaction. Whereas with the bills. The transaction of the money comes after the delivery of the good, and I think that's wonderful. If, if you think back maybe a few hundred years ago, things were a bit simpler, but that might visualize a simpler way of doing things. Um, the, the trade fairs in France um, would be a good example. These people coming together four times a year, once in Lyon, once in Champagne, and other times. You know, th there were several markets. They didn't bother to bring gold coin. They couldn't have. It's too no. dangerous. Yeah. And, and too expensive to Th ship. They, they, need, they need half a private army to come with them, and you know, th th there's your profit gone. So, so they bring their goods exchange them in these markets. They, they call them chits. Yes. The uh, real bill, actually, they were, but only valid on, at the fair for that month. These fairs yeah. lasted about one month. About a month, yes. Yeah. And it was acceptable as, gold, as the gold coins. Mm. And, and if any payment I mean, it's, let's, say, let's say, okay, in the manufacture of these shoes, even medieval shoes, believe me, they were in high demand. Um, it had a nominal, the bill had a nominal value of, of 1,000, but of course, this, this manufacturer also had to pay several people. But 1,000 could have been given in payment to another person, the nth plus one. But his invoice would not be 1,000. All right, so his invoice would be whatever, 950. Peter, could I, could I interject a second? The, the fundamental thing is they don't have gold to buy stuff. So if they have merchandise, they would have to do barter at that fair. And to avoid barter, these chits are issued based on the evaluation of their product, more or less, and they use these chicks to make their trades. No, and I think, I, wait a second, I I understand that part. at the end of the trade fair, it's netted out, and the difference is made up in smaller change, a little bit of gold. So a little bit of gold can facilitate a lot of trade, but without the chicks, there would be only barter. I understand the part when, I mean, when, you're, when there's real bills being clear, in a fair, yes, yes, that is one part, but so let's, let's make it easier in, in, a, in a smaller setup. Okay, and, and so, I mean, this merchants will have transactions with many people, and there will be bills issued to different people, and they will somehow clear, and there will be fewer transactions involved at the end of the day, oh. or maybe not at all. Uh, but still, in these examples, the bills are not being sold, and that's my issue still, when the bill is sold. You can. When the bill is sold. sold. That means discounted. Exchange. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you can, you can... What's the problem? I don't know that what the problem is. <laughs> well, I think the problem is that you either sell it or you, you pass it on. 
Okay, so when you sell it, I don't see the distinction between selling a real bill and a loan. That's that's. Oh, right. the distinction between selling between the bill selling and a loan is because there are lots of discounters. You know, it's like okay, you're the wholesaler with the with the hundred pounds in three months' time. Okay, there will be a sea of discount houses itching to get that. Okay, and they say, well, we'll offer you 95, we'll offer you 98, we'll offer you 99. Mm -hmm. And there will be a point where the wholesaler will say, right, I'll exchange it, the discount is small enough. Mm -hmm. But how is, why, why, why would that be a loan? Can I, can I do a little graph? Yeah. Because, I mean, it would be a loan simply because uh, instead of paying for interest to pay for today, you are accepting less. I mean, it's just the reverse mm. mathematical uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, this is uh, time preference, you know, for about just a maximum 90 days. Yeah, well, but I mean, let's say the retailer, like Professor Paqueta was saying, the retailer is in such a powerful position, and he is that at least in my country, they are able to get not bills for 90 days, but for 120 and 140, so they're paying... In Spain? You know, in Panama. Panama. So they're paying their suppliers of wheat or bread or whatever, not in 90 days, but in 120 and 140 days. And if you're a supermarket, what you want is not to pay in 140 days, but to pay in 200 or 360, because you're in such a powerful position that you can finance, finance fund, whichever you, or where you want to use, you can finance your operation without even going to the bank. And you are, you know, you are amassing this huge amount of cash. And what are you going to do with this cash? Well, I mean, that's another this, question. You can this, is, this is the workings of deflation. Maybe it is the workings of deflation, but what I'm saying is still you're getting financed, in a sense. In a, <coughs> so go, go ahead and do your thing, in order to have How future popular design and our part is to be financing on the funding of the delivery and payment process. No. When you don't no. need to obtain your consumption because you start the process of start consumption. And if it's built, if you want to consume now, they can adjust. And you go to the store, to the store the you cannot say that you are abstaining from consumption because you are in the process of start consumption. I can start consumption. The present food is already produced, you only have to take it. Okay. And what thing is the fund this process yeah. the day some, which is where real is when you're and merchandise and the other stale, you won't part be is going to farm the of the production of that food which is where capital losses. You can see that it's not the same because you need and there's no way to uh, say what will happen this year or next year. Imagine all the economies are fully integrated. 
there's no division between wholesalers, retailers, that economists no. won't have real risk because no. are no. no. all the economies in the world. But you will have this is time of abstention. Euro bills will be So, so in a perfect so to speak, there will be there will be saving to finance a production process. The same consumer is financing the delivery and payment process. It's an expression of a deferred payment, but not of a deferred production. Because that's how the invoices are invoices. You're not borrowing there, I agree, I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, and whereas the genesis of the real bill is completely different, there's no borrowing involved there, and then you go out and buy a real bill, like whatever. You could go out and buy anything, that's no longer borrowing. When I go out and buy a bond, I'm not borrowing, when I go out and buy a... Uh, a bill I'm not borrowing, if I buy a can of beer I'm not borrowing, I'm just spending my cash on something, I'm spending or, or acquiring an asset of some kind. The borrowing comes in in the genesis and it does not come in in the genesis of the real bills. And I think that's what you're going to see. Okay, Louis has got something to show us here. Yeah. We're going to consider um, to help think um, no uh, long exists under a real bill. Um, let's say I'm a wholesaler at time zero and I have a retailer that's going to receive the good in 91 days um, and the price, the value of those goods that we agree to have one buy, one sell is one ounce of gold. That's, you know, at the time that the agreement is made, the goods have not been delivered yet, but the transaction is done one ounce of gold. But it's on the real bills, it's payable in 91 days. So at time zero, zero is paid, but the bill is issued. No money has been created. Under a loan situation, payments required now. The wholesaler says I want to be paid now, the retailer doesn't have the money. Well, call the bank, the bank says, here I'm lending you an ounce of gold. And so eventually, he has to repay that ounce in one ounce plus. So that's the creation of money. That's what a loan is. A loan requires interest that didn't exist at this time. Whereas a real bill, no exchange here. But the, the value of the uh, uh, engagement and the honor of the people involved and reputation and so forth and it's in high demand and all those things it make it virtual money that in effect if it's not just going to be sitting in the drawer of the <coughs> wholesaler until the retailer pays one ounce not one ounce plus but one ounce in 91 days then uh, it can it can sit it doesn't have to circulate but the fact is that they circulate and as a result of their circulation they, 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 uh, they bring credit into Louis, the world. It's not forbidden to say 
self-liquidating credit. It's not forbidden. No, no, so feel free to use that word. Yeah, well, it, it's obvious. It's self-liquidating because at the, it's only at the, at the end of the day, all that's payable is what it was valued at, at the beginning. There is no, there is no additional cost to the transaction, which is what banking and loans add. That's the point I want to make. When you compare loans with real bills, you confuse two time points. Yeah, but the reason why this additional money is not created is because the loan itself is self, or oh, not the loan, yes. sorry. Real bill. Yeah. Real, no. Credit. The credit is self liquidated. Yeah. That makes the whole difference. Well, I know, but this is what is contentious, is this expression of self-liquidating credit, so I didn't want to use it. I no, just, no, I mean, I, just I understand to, yeah. that it's self-liquidating. I completely agree with that. I will disagree with that. Do you agree I mean, with that? Yes, I mean, technically speaking, even a long-term loan, if it's perfectly matched with the origin of its savings, at the end of the time period, it will be self-liquidating. No, no, not at all. Why not? But the example I gave of the factory, if you borrow money to build a factory, you pay off the loan from the produce of the factory. That's not, uh, you don't pay off the loan from the sale of the factory. I mean, uh, but, I mean, becomes if less you buy iPods, you pay the real pill with iPods. You make them, you put them to sell and get profit. No, no, but the point you said was that, um, a loan is self-liquidating. It's not, in the general case, it's not. If I borrow money for, to, to, to I mean, build... It's, it's self-liquidated at the end of the loan. No, it's just paid off. It's not, it's not liquidated by the entity which the loan was used to create. Unless or which the credit was used to create. The credit was used to create an object and the sale of that object is used to liquidate the credit in self-liquidating credit. One final question by Benjamin. No, no, actually it was not a question. I thought maybe in addition, it's, it's about credit. So it's about the one that I believe in. And in one case, the bank says, I believe that this factory will repay the loan. So the bank is the one that's believing in the factory and the ones that take the loan are the ones that believe in the bank. And in this case, it's just the belief in the produce. You mm. don't have yes. to change anything anymore. It's just exactly. Everybody believes in the produce. That's why the credit is given. Exactly. Do people want peanuts? Money. Do people want shampoo? These are much easier value judgments to make than does someone want a space station? Mm. Exactly. Okay. I think it's time to. Yes. One final, <laughs> no, not more than two minutes. Yeah, just, just one question, are we going to have another session tomorrow, at least a feedback session or something of the sort? Uh, another feedback session tomorrow, maybe, on this? So tomorrow we're a little bit squeezed because usually you have two lectures in the morning and one in the afternoon, but we want to finish tomorrow by, say, 1.30. Uh, Okay, there will be no afternoon session tomorrow, and we need three. Will there be a Q and A after the Miles? Let's start at night. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Then I'll just ask one questions and my my comments on you for tomorrow. We we can um, squeeze in a, 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 a smaller break. One one final question. Yes.
Um, if, if your idea of the so-called unadulterated gold standard is, um, is that customers would, would accept um, to have deposit accounts, well, not really deposit accounts, but well, the deposit accounts where they would accept uh, a backing of their bank notes in gold coins or in real bills. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, is, is that a question? Is that, no, I'm asking, is that right? Is that your, your view of the, of the gold standard? Um, a gold standard can operate without a bank. But a well, bank could come in as a private as a private enterprise uh, offering services. Yes. We'll take a bank. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the the, the bank either backs banknotes with real bills or with gold coins. Yeah. Yes. Um, when a wholesaler goes with a signed real bill to the bank, you discount it. For discount, yes. Yeah. And uh, on the bill it says hundred gold coins, and uh, the bank gives the wholesaler. 95 more Because it's not at maturity yet. Yeah. Because at maturity yeah. they will give him yeah. 100. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what does the bank then do with the real bill? Well, they have a choice. They can or keep it to maturity. Yeah. They can keep it to keep maturity. It to maturity, yes. Uh, it goes into their portfolio. <laughs> what do you mean with that? Um, well, they'll be used to pay your interest. If you've got a three-month demand, if you've got a three-month, ninety-day notice account, which is the way most bank accounts were back in the day, then um, a ninety-day notice account. Ninety-day notice. What is the savings account? Well, savings account is something that's a non-demand account. It means you put your money into a time deposit. So, so you could back it. You could use it as a backing for the banknotes. A 90-day deposit was backed by cash gold and bills of exchange. And a banknote was merely just a bill of exchange, but in a regular form. Because the wholesaler would have an unusual size receipt, let's say £35,450. He needs to pay his suppliers but he doesn't want to get rid of the complete earning asset, so he just goes and changes it for regular sized banknotes with a better name on it. But the banknote is still a bill of exchange and it expires. Or was meant to. Was meant to, yeah. Unless it replies the earning asset, which is packing the bill by another earning asset. I mean, once the, the bill of exchange expires, you, as a bank, take the decision either to hold the gold in which you have been repaid or to discount another bill of exchange in order to replace the previous one. So, so you create banknotes um, which to, 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 to make it more easy to. No, no, just exchanging a bill of exchange. The Scottish banking system was quite well known for this, and Rittershausen actually quotes the mechanics of the Scottish banking system. It's just an exchange, that's all. Making it more fungible, more marketable. Yeah, the bank has now this real bill of 3,000 whatever, yeah, which is yeah. somebody would be less likely to accept than 3,000 something. Small, small bills in, in one unit. Yeah. yeah. So what he does, he, he, 
he prints uh, certificates which say that this is one coin from this real bill? No. I mean, <laughs> it won't be that specific, but... Um, Salary liability in which he promises to pay well. I'm back that promise the bank either in gold coin or in a real, with a real liability. They, they, in the first place, they have reduced their cash holdings by paying out the bill, and then in exchange they've received something else. So it's it's not an expansion of credit. It's, it's not an expansion. A substitution of a more mar less marketable credit for a more marketable or acceptable credit, which is the bank. Hmm. I understand what Mr. Jedi said. Um, I, I gave out 95 gold coins to the wholesaler and now I have a real bill. For a hundred? In what way transform this real bill or what kind of certificate? At maturity it's a hundred, hundred gold coins. Yes. Maturity. Yeah, if you hold it to maturity you get 100. <coughs> hundred yeah, bills of one. Yeah. Of course, yes. Okay. No, my question is before maturity, mm -hmm. what does it do with it? Either he keeps it, yes, I'm clear on that. Well, each day it's increasing in value, 95, 95 and a quarter and a half, etc., etc., because it's getting ever closer to maturity. So he might have paid 95 for it, but he can turn around literally the next day and sell it for 95 and a quarter. Okay, so this is all you would do with that way? I mean, I, I think when, I think I see where you're going. So instead of uh, paying uh, gold for a bill of exchange, he could pay banknotes technically. No? Yeah. Yeah. So the wholesaler will now have banknotes from bank yeah. X and he can use his banknotes to do whatever. And so the bank has in its liability size this uh, this banknotes and on his asset size this uh, bill of exchange and so they're perfectly matched so to speak, no? Yeah. I mean assuming it's a good bank. Right? Mm -hmm. Big assumption. Yeah. Because he gave the banknotes instead. So if he has he has an asset which is the bill of exchange. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, what what professor? That was actually not my question. I want to know. We will have to stop here. Actually, he he he. Look, if, if a bank can give out bank notes, mm -hmm. if, if they're back with a real bill, yeah? Now the bank is getting a new real bill. Mm -hmm. So is, is he issuing a new bank note? Strictly, he should take in the old bank note, tear it up and issue yes. a new one. But that didn't happen. No, we'll, we can okay, talk yeah. about that okay, later. That, that, is, that is my question. Yeah, um, we can talk I about how you defraud they, the system they later. They one, one, uh, one bank note. Then okay, then that makes sense. Yes. It's called reflux. That but then that's the, that's the theory of reflux. reflux. Yes. But then you know you can you can you can keep the note in issue, but just make sure there are bills behind it. But that is on the sort of cusp of being fraudulent, you know. So you have to be a bit more. Right. We we, we will have to call it a day. Um, the theory of reflux has been treated by Mises, but also by the professor.
Um, we can talk again or after hours uh, for this, but for the time being, uh, this has been the longest session so far. We are calling it a day.